The Hades Business. Science Fantasy Magazine, Editor John Carnell, Number Sixty, Volume Twenty, August 1963. An earlier version was published in the Technical Signet, the High Wycombe Technical High School magazine. Ah ah ah! If I put my fingers in my ears and go la 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 loudly, I won't hear you read this story. It's juvenile, mind you. So was I, being thirteen at the time. It's the first thing I ever wrote that got published. In fact, it's the first thing I ever wrote with the feeling that I was writing a real story. It began as a piece of homework. The English teacher gave me twenty marks out of twenty for it and put it in the school magazine. The kids liked it. I was a writer, and this was a big deal because I hadn't really been anything up until then. I was good at English, at everything else. I was middling, one of those kids that don't catch the teacher's eye, and are very glad of it. I was even bad at sports, except for the one wonderful term when they let us play hockey. When I was bad, and very dangerous, but the other kids had liked it. I'd sniffed blood. There were three, yes, three professional science fiction and fantasy magazines published in the UK in those days. Unbelievable, but true. I persuaded my aunt, who had a typewriter, to type it out for me, and I sent it to John Carnell, who edited all three. The nerve of the kid! He accepted it. Oh boy! The fourteen pounds he paid was enough to buy a second-hand Imperial fifty-eight typewriter from my typing teacher. My mother had decided that I ought to be able to do my own typing, what with being a writer and everything. And as I write. It seems to me that it was a very good machine for fourteen quid, and I just wonder if Mum and Dad didn't make up the difference on the quiet. Fortunately, before I could do too much damage with the thing, study and exams swept me up and threw me out into a job on the local paper, where I learned to write properly, or at least journalistically. I've reread the story, and my fingers have itched to strip it down, give it some pacing, scramble those cliches, and in short. Rewrite it from the bottom up, but that would be silly. So I'm going to grit my teeth instead. Go ahead, read. I can't hear you. La 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 la. Crucible opened his front door, and stood rooted to the doormat. Imagine the interior of a storm cloud, sprinkle liberally with ash, and garnish with sulphur to taste. You now have a rough idea as to what Crucible's front hall resembled. The smoke was coming from under the study door. Dimly remembering a film he had once seen, Crucible clapped a handkerchief to his nose and staggered to the kitchen. One bucket of water later, he returned. The door would not budge. The phone was in the study so as to be handy in an emergency. Putting down the pail, Crucible applied his shoulder to the door, which remained closed. He retreated to the opposite wall of the hall. His eyes streaming, gritting his teeth, he charged. The door opened of its own accord. Crucible described a graceful arc across the room, ending in the fireplace. Then, everything went black, literally and figuratively, and he knew no more. A herd of elephants were doing the square dance in clogs on Crucible's head. He could see a hazy figure kneeling over him.
Here, drink this. Ah, health-giving joy juice. Ah,、oh, invigorating stagger soup. Those elephants, having changed into slippers, were now dancing a sedate waltz. The whisky was having the desired effect. Crucible opened his eyes again and regarded the visitor. Who the devil are you? That's right. Crucible's head hit the grate with a hollow clang. The devil picked him up and sat him in an armchair. Crucible opened one eye.